Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. We are into our second episode of our series, God and Country. And we're going back into 1 Chronicles, the 29th chapter, the 10th through the 18th verses. Uh, We've got a lot to cover today, so I'm not going to do a a full review of what we did last week. Go to our YouTube page, God's House Christian Church YouTube page, and you can review, listen to last week's message, and then tie it in with this week's message. Let's look at 1 Chronicles, the 29th chapter, the 10th through the 18th verses. And it says, Therefore David blessed the Lord in the presence of all the assembly. And David said, Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. And now we thank you, our God, and praise your glorious name. But who am I, and what is my people, that we should be able thus to offer willingly? For all things come from you, and of your own have we given you. For we are strangers before you and sojourners, as all our fathers were. Our days on the earth are like a shadow, and there is no abiding. O Lord our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a house for your holy name comes from your hand and is all your own. I know, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. In the uprightness of my heart I have freely offered all these things, and now I have seen your people who are present here, offering freely and joyously to you. O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers, keep forever such purposes and thoughts in the hearts of your people and direct their hearts toward you. Very quickly last week we were talking about how we as a nation have kind of got everything a little topsy-turvy is that now we're looking at the United States as the the kingdom that we should be following and not the kingdom of God and check it out go to the YouTube page and you can see the rest this week I want to go into this part and it says this it says to be certain American history includes commendable acts of bravery and sacrifices in the name of freedom. It is right and good to remember, honor, and respect the people and effort that was made to ensure that the freedoms that we, to ensure that that we have freedoms in this country. We do well to be thankful to God, just as David did, for the opportunity to live in a free and prosperous nation. But we have to be careful not to give full and unqualified allegiance to anyone but Jesus Christ. Remember, Jesus is the author. He's the finisher. He's he's everything that we need. He is the one that has sacrificed himself so that we could be back in right standing with the Father, with God. 
And we also have to be careful not to over-spiritualize our nation's role in what God is accomplishing in the world. There's a writer by the name of Russell Moore and he challenges this uh, directly when he talks about how the church often co-opts Second Corinthians, I mean Second Chronicles 7:14. He says, when we apply text like this to the nation, apart from the story of the scripture, we do pre precisely what the prosperity gospel preachers do. The message is that those who obey God's word will abound with money and health, while those who disobey will face poverty and illness. This is a misuse of God's word. And this misuse is because they're abstracting the promises of God from Jesus Christ. So a prosperity gospel applied to a nation is no more biblical than a prosperity gospel applied to a person. And so too often we see America as somehow more real than the kingdom of God. I'm going to say it again. We too often see America as somehow more real than the kingdom of God. And thus, our country is more important than the church. <clears throat> but 2 Chronicles 7.14 itself starts with the question of identity. It says, if my people called by my name, this or any other country is not called by the name of God. There are principles, there are uh, policies and everything that were based upon uh, godly principles, upon a Christian basis. However, God has not called out the United States as his choice nation. Okay. <clears throat> the only uh, country, the only place that is called by the name of God is the kingdom of heaven. And so we have to realize that our focus has to be on where our help actually comes from and not get so wrapped around the environment that we're in that we lose sight and focus. <clears throat> we have to ensure that our mind is stayed on the promises of God so that as we go forward we're not pulled to the left or to the right by everything that is going on. There are things going on that cause us to feel as if we should focus more on the thing instead of focusing on our kingdom and how we should be acting, reacting in the situation. <coughs> we have to begin to move in a direction that will cause us to see how God wants us to act and to react. There are some things or some things, some uh, mentalities that are part of our nation, as I said last week, that are not exactly 
the same as in the kingdom of God. And so we as kingdom citizens must first prioritize the fact that we are God's children. We are citizens of God's kingdom. And secondarily, we live in the United States of America. We can't flip-flop it around. God has the top priority. God and his kingdom. And then our citizenry to this nation. And that's why we can't have the title God and country. There's a separation. But some folks have tried to make it one, but it's not the same. Just like we just reflected on uh Second Chronicles 7.14 If we are God's people called by his name there are some things he says if you do these things then I will hear I will forgive and I will heal But we say because we are the United States, God should just heal our land because we are God's country. But that's not how God's kingdom works. God says that you should seek him first and his righteousness, then everything else is added to you. <clears throat> so this thing goes into the kingdom of God is perfect in every way we can't say that about the united states we can acknowledge the good in the culture while simultaneously confronting its evils as christians we know the ever-present tension of living between the now and not yet of the kingdom of god we are called to be in the world but not of it it is both christian and american to pursue justice and liberty for all. But that means facing and repenting for the ways we have messed up. Uh, Mr. Timothy Thomas says this, he says, the pain of mistreatment and human devaluation lives on. It has not gone away. It carries social, economic, and financial consequences passed down to me and so many others. And it has come at the hands of a government that allowed such atrocities to happen under a rule of law. Mr. Thomas also says, I'm only a couple of generations removed from being regarded as worthless in the eyes of my government. And America's largest denomination is a haunting reality. So not only on the government side, but also on the religious side, America has treated folks unfairly. And in reality, one in three people that look like me are regarded as such by today's criminal justice system. If you have not figured out yet, Mr. Uh, Thomas is an African-American. And he's talking about how there's only been a few generations where things have changed. So there's still some things in, in the United States that we need to do in order to began to move this country to a righteous attitude. But that does not mean 
that once we move the country to a righteous attitude, it will be greater than the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God, which is perfect, is the standard that we are trying to maneuver where we live to be. So it's the attainable, the, uh, uh, the goal for us to achieve as a nation. If you go on our YouTube page, not our YouTube page, if you go on to our Facebook uh, page, God's House Christian Church, you will see where I had actually had a discussion with a very good friend of mine talking about some of these things based upon the atmosphere that we're going through right now. And the key, I believe, is that we need to communicate with one another on the same level and we need to listen to one another so that we can get an understanding of what's going on. That we seek to understand rather than to seek to be understood. And by doing that, we can empathize and then we can come forth with some procedures and processes whereby we can ensure that there's fairness in our systems. The significant thing about this is the fact that the United States, we have always been the melting pot. We have had folks from all over the world want to be a part of what we have going on here because of the level of prosperity, the levels of freedoms that we have. Folks have been drawn here. And it appears, if you look at American history, that everyone that has come here has been taken advantage of, has been put down, has been placed in positions of, of uh, disrespect. But it still is the country that everyone wants to come to because of the opportunity of freedom and of prosperity. So it becomes this melting pot where people from different nations, different countries are, not, are coming together. And I know I've been doing a lot of quotes today, but because I've been finding some interesting stuff. There's this lady by the name of Nancy French. She writes about struggling with how to raise her Ethiopian daughter to understand patriotism in the light of her faith. The term nationalism carries with it the ominous echoes of blood and soil unsuitable for a nation composed of people from many different ethnicities and many different soils. She says, I prefer the term patriotism as a description of the love for the specific area that binds us together. And in this binding, is across profound differences. C.S. Lewis wrote in The Four Loves, patriotism asks only to be left alone. It only becomes militant to protect what it loves. In any mind that has a penny worth of imagination, it produces a good attitude toward foreigners. How can I love my home without coming to realize that other men, no less rightly, love theirs? 
Once you have realized that the Frenchmen like cafe complet, just as we like bacon and eggs, why good luck to them and let them have it. We talked about this last week. The last thing we want is to make everywhere else just like our own home. It would not be home unless it was different. <laughs> One of our best qualities about America is that we transcend mere nationalism because we are composed of people from different soils. It is great for Christians to show gratitude for a country that respects our liberty, but we should also extend incredible love and courtesy to people who differ from us. Love and that kind of ties into what the Bible says, right? Like, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Yeah, yeah I'm just, okay. So as we live out our faith in a diverse country, we must be wise to live according to the most important commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. It doesn't say love your nat nation. It says love your God and love your neighbor. So loving God, loving people, and the ideas of this country do not have to be mutually exclusive, but they need to be prioritized according to Scripture. Seeking first the kingdom of God helps get everything in the correct order. And as I'm closing today, I want to review that Scripture again, Matthew the sixth chapter, the 33rd verse. And it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek God's kingdom. Seek being that good citizen of God's kingdom and his righteousness, God's way of doing and being right. Do those things. That will pull us away from us thinking that one race is inferior to another or I'm better than someone else because it will remove that spirit of pride and make us humble because we understand that everything we have, just like David said, he said, Lord, the stuff that we're giving you now is your stuff in the first place. So if we understand that everything that we have, that we're stewards, we're managers of what God has given us, and he is evaluating how we steward what he has given us. He has given us love. And so what are we doing with the love that he's given us? Are we showing it toward others? Are we giving others love? Are we helping others? Are we doing the things that show that we are not just uh, living in the United States, but we are under the auspices, under the, the uh, umbrella of the kingdom of God? And that will set us apart from everything else that's going on and cause us to operate and walk in a newness of life that will cause people to want to have what we have. In the beginning, when the way first started, and then it became Christianity, 
But when it first started, people were being martyred. They were being killed for what they believed. And instead of it squashing and quailing, putting down this movement, it caused other people to say, I want to have what that person has because they were willing to give up their life for it. Because their mind was not on the part of Rome or the part of the Roman Empire or Europe or wherever they were. Their mind wasn't focused on that. Their mind was focused as a kingdom citizen, a kingdom of God's citizen. And because they were focused on that, whatever happened to their body, they weren't concerned about it because they know that to die was to gain everything that God had promised for citizens of heaven. There's nothing wrong with us celebrating God. There's no, nothing wrong with us celebrating country. But when we try to say that the United States is the only country that has God, or that God is exclusively watching over the United States, we have now allowed ourselves to get into a spirit of pride and are causing ourselves more issues than what is necessary. Because if you say you're God's country, if you say that God is blessing the United States and no one else, then you are small-minded and you don't understand how the kingdom operates. So let's get our focus, our priorities in the right order. Let us walk in the mindset of I'm seeking God's kingdom and his righteousness. And the rest of that scripture then goes on to say, and all the other things will be added unto you. A lot of us want to get to add it on to us before we seek and walk uprightly. So let's get that change. Let's operate in how God has designed for this to operate. One of the things that we say in Bible study, if you do things the Bible's way, you get the Bible's results. If you do things the Bible's way, you get the Bible's results. So we want to walk in love, peace, joy, uh, kindness, temperance, so that we can receive the benefits of that and be able to be a, touch other folks' lives. You got what I'm saying? Because it's very important, especially in this turbulent time that we're going through. So let us focus on seeking first the kingdom of God, His righteousness, because we know that all things come from Him and what we're giving Him is His anyway. And let us not turn our backs away from what should be the number one kingdom in our lives, which is the kingdom of God. That's all I have for you this week. We're just believing that God's going to bless you throughout this week and just begin to open up doors of favor as you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Now, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you have a disconnect. But the thing is, it doesn't have to continue. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved, rescued, delivered from. And you're being delivered from the penalty of sin because the penalty of sin is death. And God says, 
Jesus said as he walked this earth, he says, you can have life, and not only just life, but you can have an abundant life through him. And that's what we want you to have. We want you to have an abundant life, a life that is full to the fullest because you have become a citizen of God's kingdom. If you have made that decision today to accept Christ into your life, if you're on the platform, please click on the little uh, tab there. If you're on Facebook, let us know via email. Somehow let us know so that we can give you additional information so that you can walk this walk and be a true citizen of the kingdom of God. Well, everybody, I hope that you have a great day. I hope you have a great week. And we are believing that God's going to continue to open up opportunities for you to serve him in a greater capacity and bless others. And as we said before, he's going to bless you so that you can be a blessing. God's blessings be upon you and your family in Jesus' name.